0: for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Before we go to today's message, we want to invite you to check out our website, www.harvestagokc.com. Again, that's harvestagokc.com. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. Well, we've been in the sermon series, Next Steps. So, do we know yet what's next? As a, at least there's someone honest, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as a local church, what is our next step? Well, in 1962, Thomas Kuhn introduced a concept called paradigm shift. And the term was used to describe a fundamental change in approach or underlying assumptions in other words a paradigm shift is a change from one way of thinking to another way of thinking it's new information that drastically changes how we see other information around us for example discovering the genetic code involving our DNA changed the entire structure of science and this information began to affect many facets of life from medicine all the way to criminal justice. Because all of a sudden, transplants of human organs were possible, but then also cases in the criminal justice system had to be retried because the understanding of DNA could now determine who really was and wasn't at the scene. The world experienced a paradigm shift with this discovery as it looked at the same situation but from a different perspective because of new information. The religious world experienced a paradigm shift when Martin Luther posted his 95 thesis on the door of the Roman Catholic Church. This introduced an idea called justification by faith, which suggests that the church did not have the responsibility of absolution from sin. But instead, every individual believer had the ability to be justified for their sins apart from from the priest. In other words, people could be justified by faith. So out of that came the birthing of the various forms of the Protestant church that we know today. And it changed the entire religious frontier because one man, one man introduced information through which we saw the scriptures in a new light. In the business world, The introduction of the personal computer and the World Wide Web changed the marketing frontier for all businesses and all industries. Everyone in the business world is affected now by how they market, how they reach people, how they store information. It's because of this digital paradigm shift. Let me put it this way. A paradigm shift is like going out into the bright sunlight but then putting on sunglasses. Everything is still there but it looks differently because you're viewing it through different lens. And so one of the ways Thomas Kuhn used to illustrate a paradigm shift was with a picture of a duck. Fran, put that picture up there if you would. And so he told people to look at the duck. But the longer they looked at the duck, they began to realize the duck is not just a duck but it's also a rabbit. Can you see it? Anyone not see it? And so, if you look at the same drawing from the right perspective, it can speak to you differently based on your perception. So a paradigm shift is new information whereby we begin to perceive things differently because our understanding has been changed. Now, personally... I experienced a paradigm shift when I started traveling to Africa and other third world countries. As long as I lived in America, my truth was informed by my past experiences. But when I visited other cultures, I discovered the vacuum that I'd been living in and how my Western mentality had falsely colored my worldview. So I had to take my life, my little life draft of truth out of my small wading pool, and set sail on the ocean of a much broader worldwide perspective. And I realize that truth that is only based on my past experiences may not really be truth at all. Because most of the time, our past experiences are so limited that it may very well affect whether we see the rabbit or the duck. So through the experiences and the information we've been exposed to, we develop certain ideas, doctrines, and philosophies that bring us into certain realms of truth that we believe to be fact. But the mistake that we make is to think that our perception of what we see is all that there is to what we see. Because now that you understand what a shifting it caused with the development of computers and technology the shifting that came when we began to understand genetic codes and DNA, you understand that whenever something happens that we've never seen before, everyone exposed has to make the decision, do I stay on the safe, familiar raft of my past experiences and hang on to my perceptions, or do I have the courage to release the grip on my ideas and leap into the ocean of a new consciousness? In other words, are we willing to jump ship and take the next step. It's a choice that Peter had in Matthew chapter 14. His past experience trained him that, aside from being on land, when you're in a storm, the safest place to be is on the boat. After all, he's a fisherman. He has years of experience. So relying on past information, the safest place to be is on the boat, which is familiar to him. Eleven of the disciples said, even though the boat's small, I'm going to stay on that which is safe. But in spite of the fact that it's safe and familiar, one of the disciples said, Lord, if you're calling me into a bigger opportunity to learn something new and to learn something fresh and to step from the familiar to the unfamiliar, ask me to come. And Jesus said, come. And don't you know, there was a paradigm shift at that moment. Now, all of a sudden, everything began to change. Now, it was the same boat. It was the same knowledge. It was the same Jesus. But his one word changed the perception of what could be done if Peter was willing to forsake the truth as he had known it and step into the unfamiliar of walking on something that he had never walked on before. And as long as his new perception became bigger than his current circumstance, he could rise above the situation. And as long as our faith will be bigger than our current circumstance, we will rise above our situation. But the only trouble is, once you step into a bigger stream of consciousness, you can't walk out there and think back there. And that's why it's not good to go to a progressive church if you're not going to jump in with both feet, because it's only going to aggravate you and irritate you and bug you to death. If you are a boat person, you need to join a boat church. There is nothing wrong, there's, I mean, there's nothing worse than a boat person being in an ocean church. Maybe you've known people like this. Boat members are always skeptical of everything. Boat members are always referring to the limited pool of their past experiences. Boat members say, Well, that's not how we used to do it. Grandpa didn't do it that way. I mean, they'll go as far as to tell you that's not how you get the Holy Ghost. You've got to be down at the altar. You have to tarry at least an hour. And you've got to say, Jesus, 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 Jesus," while someone's slapping your cheek. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's the way you get the Holy Ghost. Both people don't understand that you really don't have to slobber and spit. Like I just did all over my notes. Now, you may choose to slobber and spit, and that's fine. But if you'll just open up your spirit and open up your heart, you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit any way he wants to come in. It doesn't matter how they did it back then. What matters is how he wants to do it today. And I believe many of you in this room have exhausted all that you can do in the little boat of consciousness that we've been living in. And we are ready to jump headfirst into an ocean of bigger ideas. And once you jump, friend, I assure you you will never want to go back. Yeah. Now, now some may be content just seeing the duck. They're happy with just seeing the duck. And it's because they're not willing to squint and twist and look to try to find the rabbit. But all of us who are willing to take another look in the spirit, if our mind is open, things will shift. Because folks, we are on the verge of a shift, not just a change, not just a step forward to the same old thing, but where everything you know and everything you think and everything you believe in and everything you are is about to shift by the power of God. Well, now that my introduction is over, I'm ready for my text for the day. have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to read at verse 23. It'll be on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is broken for you, Do this in remembrance of me. Now, usually, when we hear this text, what are we about to do? Receive communion. It's because all of the historical data to which we've been exposed to says this is a text that we use for communion. Communion. But when we think of it as a communion text, we overlook the fact that when the disciples gathered in the room that day, they were not coming to have communion. They were coming to do the same old thing that they did all the time. They were coming to have Passover. Now, Passover, as most of you may know, was a commemoration of the children of Israel escaping Egyptian bondage. And the Passover meal was a gathering where the Israelites reflected backwards on the experiences of their ancestors. So everything was cool, everything was normal when Jesus took the bread and said, take, eat. There was no problem because they were used to having bread at Passover. At Passover. But when Jesus said, this is my body, They had never heard that before. They had never heard such language. And everything shifted. They said, this is not what we've been taught. Jesus, this isn't supposed to be about you. This is supposed to be about our ancestors making it out of Egypt and about the blood of the sacrificial lamb. It's about remembering great-great-grandpa making it to the promised land. But now, Jesus, you brought something new to the table. You see... It's challenging when you are set in a structured way of thinking. And it's difficult to be progressive because in order to progress, you have to abandon. And that can be difficult. And it's not easy to step off of what you know and jump ship into what you're not sure of you know it makes great shouting preaching to talk about walking on the water but it's entirely a different story to get your pants wet so don't be too critical of people who are content who are content on the boat of safe thinking because their thinking is based on their experience And it takes a lot of courage and a lot of faith to step into something that is so big that it leaves you feeling vulnerable. Well, when Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body that was broken for you, he shifts the elements that were once meant to be the duck And now all of a sudden, they become the rabbit. And if you were there and your mind needed the safety of religion in order to keep afloat, you're now in an ocean where there is no explanation. There is no proof. There is no historical data. The rabbis don't agree with it. No one understands it. I guarantee you the board didn't vote on it. And here in this little room, you have now escaped the raft of small thinking into a bigger dimension that blows your mind. And when Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body, theology had an earthquake and a major paradigm shift, and all of a sudden, a new word emerges, communion. If you had told the Old Testament saints they were going to have communion, they wouldn't have known how to prepare it, because they saw the duck, but they hadn't yet seen the rabbit. And so if you try to share something that God has shown you about what's next, a revelation God has placed in your life, I mean, there's many people that are not going to receive it because they haven't experienced a shift yet. And so don't try to make them understand because spiritual things are not carnally discerned. Listen, if you're on the raft of the carnal, you're not going to step off immediately into the ocean of the Spirit. And that's why in a shift you have to be stronger. You can't allow your revelation to need the support of your peers in order to exist because if you need everyone's approval in order for you to move forward, you need to stay on the boat because you're going to have to have water-walking kind of faith that can step into another dimension even if you have to go all by yourself because if God has something else that he wants to show us other than what we've been seen in the past, we need to see it. And that means even if we have to turn our heads sideways or back up or stand on our heads. Even if I have to stare at that duck for a couple of years before I understand how to do what God's called me to do, I am more afraid of being stuck in the duck stage than I am of trying to see the rabbit of what God wants to do next in my life and in this church. Friend, God wants to bring something new out of something old, and he wants to stretch our minds So the next step for us, if we want it, if we're willing to jump ship, is a paradigm shift in him. So in our text, we have a paradigm shift because Passover is now shifted into communion. In one sentence, Jesus completely changed the meaning of the elements. And the duck is now a rabbit. That wasn't enough. There's was another shift. Up until that time, the, di- the, the disciples had seen Jesus' body as being Him. They knew Him, they recognized Him, they hung out together, so they knew that His body was not that bread. But now Jesus is telling them, This bread is my body. So I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out what happened to Passover, which has been a religious institution all my life because now it's communion. And the other big shocker is now, Jesus, you're handing me a cracker and telling me it's you. Yeah. Bow, bow. Now, it's easy for us to understand because we're standing on the backside of Revelation. We have the Bible to explain to us what's going on. But can you imagine? The disciples, you're standing there with the revelation right in front of you. You're wondering what's next. I mean, most people would have said, this guy Jesus is crazy. He handed me some bread and said, this is his body. I mean, he must be cracked or on crack, something like that. But you see, that's the price you pay for going to the next dimension with God. You've got to be willing to look like a fool. So Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body. And everyone's thinking, what's going on? I mean, Jesus has been saying crazy stuff all this week. Remember when he said, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no life in you? Crazy stuff like that. Can you imagine if I came in here one Sunday and said, listen, I want all of you to drink my blood. Well, after you called 911 to have me committed, you'd say, hey, a vampire spirit's taking over the pastor. <laughs> Things move in a shift. Things become difficult in a shift. People forsake you in a shift. And when you take that step with God, it puts you in unfamiliar, uncertain realm in the uncertain realm of saying, I don't know what's next, but I am trusting God for the rabbit that's on the other side of this revelation. A paradigm shift is a kind of change that affects every other thing around it. And so the Jesus I know is holding out the Jesus I don't know, and he's saying, this is me. And so what do you do with that information? So the shift that happened with Jesus and his disciples may be happening in your life. Maybe you have a revelation from God of what God wants to do in your life and so you're sharing it with a friend and so the person that they know is now showing them a person that they don't know and they're saying hey this is me and your friend's saying no that's not you because I've known you since you were a kid I knew about your mom dropping you on your head I knew you when we used to go party at the clubs I know you and this ain't you You're saying, no, calm down. I want to introduce you to the new me. I want to show you the rabbit that's in this duck. I want to show you the hidden part of me that God is trying to pull out. And you want to show them who you are now, but they keep trying to pull you back to who you were before. Why? Because all of their definition of you is based on past information. And it has nothing to do with the you that you are right now. You see, think of all the people in this room today who have allowed the world to tell them who they are. Think of all the people who are defining themselves by where they came from or what they did. So let me ask you, who or what informs you? Who gives you your information about you? Remember, remember remember, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9, when the Lord called to Adam and said, Where are you? And Adam said, Lord, I heard your voice and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. What did God say? God said, who told you you were naked? God's saying today, who told you you were broke? Who told you you were stupid? Who told you nobody would ever love you? Who told you there's nothing next for you? Who told you there is not a rabbit in your duck? said, Adam, who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you you were naked. There you go. We're strolling along through life, happy as can be. Everything's great, but then we see something or have a conversation with someone who limited us and defined us based on their perception. Of who we are who told you who defined us by what we did who told you there's nothing else inside of you who told you you're washed up it certainly was not God cause folks when we get a hold of this it will make us start thinking about stepping off our limited boat and jumping into the ocean of possibilities in almighty God now there are a few of you a few of me few of you that are here today that are like me you're old <laughs> how else do you put it you're old I'm old. It's the way it is. And so, you know, a lot of people, you know, we get to this stage in our life and we think, you know, I've hit it pretty hard for these 60, 70, 80 years, and so I'm just going to coast the rest of the way. But Abraham, the father of our faith, was about my age, 99 years old. When God appeared to him in Genesis and said, Abram, you are no longer Abram, but you are now Abraham. Now, Abram means exalted father. But Abram didn't have any kids yet, so he hadn't even lived up to the name that he had. But then here comes God with a big ocean idea that says, you are not an exalted father, Abram. You are now Abraham, which means a father of many nations. I mean, can you imagine? Can you imagine Abraham sitting there squirming in his seat saying, I haven't even mastered the pond, and now you're throwing me into the ocean without a paddle? But you see, that's the thing. That's the thing about walking with God. You're still trying. Uh oh. I had, a, I had a power aneurysm. You know, I had my system all down great. And then Travis starts telling me, you know, how I'm killing all these trees and I need to go digital. Okay, okay, so I went digital. But I went digital with an android. Oh, android, oh, you got to be apple, apple. You got to eat the fruit like Satan gave Adam and Eve. And so, and so, okay, okay. Hey, you know, man, I, I trust Travis, man. He's never leaving me straight. So I go with Apple. Today's my first day, and it flakes out on me. But I haven't lost my place. See, that's the thing about walking with God. You're still trying to figure out how to do right now, but God says, wait till you see what I have next for you. And God calls Abraham the father of many nations, and there still isn't a kid anywhere in sight. So God created a paradigm shift when he renamed a hundred-year-old man, who, by the way, thought he knew who he was, but God said, Abraham, there is a rabbit in your duck. said, Abraham, you've been weak and scared all your life, but there is another you inside of you, and I am ready to shift you from one dimension of thinking into an entirely different dimension of thinking that will change, that will change, that will change the entire world. But you see, many times the reason we can't fulfill the paradigm shift that God has given us is because the people around us Expect it to be all or nothing. Say you experience a revelation from God and all at once you're supposed to be Billy Graham reincarnate. No way are you supposed to be weak anymore. You're supposed to be nothing but strong. You're not supposed to be passive. You've got to be aggressive. You're never supposed to be wrong again. You've got to be right in everything you do. And you would never ever do anything that a lost person would do because now you're saved. When you get a paradigm shift and you make it known, it better be cut and dried. And so, because we can't satisfy the crowd, what happens? So many times we just give up. We just give up. There's no support system for the process. But the reality is, we are in the middle of the shift. And sometimes a shift takes time. Abram shifts to Abraham, his wife Sarai shifts to Sarah. Now for Jacob, Abraham's grandson, it takes a little longer. Jacob had the name that meant trickster. And God said in Genesis chapter 32 verse verse 28, your name shall no longer be called Jacob but Israel, which means prince, for you have struggled with God and prevailed. God said, in other words, Jacob, it may take some time, but I'm going to bring the prince out of you. And so, folks, what that means is sometimes we have to fight for the shift that God wants to give us. God says, I'm going to bring wealth out of your poverty, so even though you may be struggling by faith in me, say, I am rich. You may have little strength, but while you're still weak, jump up and down and say, I am strong because I am calling you to agree with me in the middle of your shift, and you don't have to see it to believe it, for faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not readily seen. Another thing about this dumb apple product, it doesn't have a clock in it. My other one had a clock, I could tell. Is that clock right? No, it's not. Just hang with me. We'll get done here in a little bit. Now, Abraham and Sarah, they make the destiny shift. But Jacob vacillates all of his life. In Genesis chapter 48, the Bible says, Jacob is about to die But verse 2 says, Israel strengthened himself and sat up on the bed in order to do his godly duty of blessing his children. But you see, church people, again, they make it hard because they can be so judgmental. They won't tell me that I can be dying like Jacob, but then still sit up and perform my duties like Israel. They discount the fact that Peter can deny Jesus in his darkest hour, but then preach a sermon where 3,000 are saved. They won't admit that many times we are somewhere in between accepting the bread is actually the body of Jesus Christ. They won't give us any grace. We're not denying it. We're not discounting it. We're just trying to get our head around the paradigm shift where God has taken us. A shift can take some time, but it doesn't always have to. You know, when there's an earthquake, there is a shift. Things break, things move, things are rearranged. And when God hits you with a shift, things are going to start moving. Things will start breaking. Things you thought wouldn't move, things you thought couldn't move, things you thought couldn't change. God says, when I get through with you, everything in your life is going to shift because everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The trick is, the key is don't give up. Now we know that earthquakes have tremors. We're finding, that, we're finding out about that a lot in Oklahoma City, aren't we? They have aftershocks. Well, when you experience a paradigm shift in your life, you're going to have tremors also. Because your next step, our paradigm shift, it's a lifetime experience. It doesn't hit and then it's over. It's something we keep progressing towards, towards dimension to dimension to dimension i mean remember all that the disciples perceived about the passover about the bread and about jesus was based on past information remember when god said to adam who told you you were naked well it was something in my past that told me i was naked And all of us, black, white, red, brown, gay, straight, in between, confused, bipolar, those of us with issues that there's no name for, those of us who are just plain weird, all of us are informed by our past. Everyone, everybody, that nasty temper you have is from your past. And How you see yourself and have defined yourself is because you are seeing through the lens of your past. Okay. So who told you? Who informed you? The shift in Abram to Abraham and Jacob to Israel? The shift comes. The shift comes. And the new dimension happens when you accept the information that God gives you about your future in order to counteract the information from your past. The shift comes when God gives you information about your future that dilutes and dissolves the information you've been given about your past. I want you to know today God is telling each and every one of you that what's ahead of you is so much stronger than what was behind you. And if you will let him, God will give you a paradigm shift to a new dimension that you cannot explain. But you see, as long as you stay on the boat, only seeing the duck living by your own power, you're going to be limited. And that's why it's hard for a shy person to speak up. That's why it's hard for a mouthy person to shut up. That's why it's hard for a fearful person to walk in faith. It's hard to change because we are informed and defined by our past. But God wants to take us to places that are beyond our thought presses, thought thought processes, and beyond our past. But you know, we hear things like this and, and, and we agree with it and, and we want to change, but why is it hard to change? Well, because our past is safe. Our past is comfortable. No matter how painful it was, it's what we're familiar with. And f- we don't like change. We don't like change. And so we stay limited in our boat, even though there's a whole body of opportunity. And we even have Jesus standing in the water saying, come. Jesus said, Peter, I know you're fishermen. And as a fisherman, you know that you can't walk on this water. But I am telling you that your destiny can defy man's ideas and man's concept. And Peter, I'm calling you to step away not from not just how others perceive you, but to step away from how you perceive yourself. And so life, life is a shame. Like the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, verse 14, (coughs) we need to press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But get ready. Get ready. A shift will make you uncomfortable. It's normal. Because when you think about it, when you sit down to talk about or think about or discuss your future, it makes you uncomfortable. You can be sure stepping out to walk on water will make you uncomfortable. Trusting God makes you uncomfortable. So stepping into your destiny is going to make you uncomfortable. And the thing is, it's not easy. You know, we want a microwave instant. Manifestation from God. But sometimes it doesn't come that way. And we have to work at it. And so it's not easy, and you're going to cry sometimes. Sometimes you're going to crawl. No matter what they tell you, sometimes you might even mess up. But the key is, the thing that is of vital importance is to get started to get started on our next step. Bow your heads with me if you would. Now, to get started, to get started, we're going to have to get past our past. I want you to think about something with me. If you haven't listened all morning, listen to me right now. Do you think that Almighty God gave you your life just to live it in yesterday? If all God had for you was what you had already experienced, you have already passed on. But friend, the reason God woke you up this morning is because he wants you to see that your life is not limited to the duck. There is a rabbit in you. There is another you inside of you. And maybe you think that it's hard for you, that it's somehow different for everyone else. It's easy for them, but it's hard for you to make the shift. Well, friend, listen to me. It's hard for all of us. Everyone in this room today is struggling, trying to become who they've been called to be. And folks, here's the thing. Sometimes we get it right, but sometimes we do get it wrong. But if we're not satisfied, if we're not satisfied, if we're not satisfied with the duck, we're ready. We're ready shift that God has for us. If we're not satisfied staying on the boat, the next step is an earthquake, a paradigm shift. I believe something, something in your life is about to change for God's glory. If you'll just receive it. Now, there are some sinners here today. Doesn't mean you're better, doesn't mean you're worse. It just means that you haven't received the incredible grace and forgiveness of our loving Savior. And it means that you haven't yet broke up with your past. Your past is still informing you who you are. Well, friend, I want you to know today, God is calling you to slap your past in the face. God is calling you to rebuke the definition of you that other people have labeled you with. And stop letting your past define who you are and what your future will be. So if you're here today, and you're tired of living life like you've been living you're tired of being the hamster in the cage and never going anywhere spinning your wheels never having the joy and the victory and the grace that is promised in God's Word and today you want God's forgiveness you've made that quality decision would you raise your hand all over this room yes thank you come on doesn't matter what you've done God is calling you out to a new way of life. Any others? You'll raise your hand and say, today is the day. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God has something so special that he wants to do in your life. Now, maybe you're here today. You're born again. There have been times in your life you've experienced a shift. But for any number of reasons, you have stopped the process. And you have become settled in your status quo experience. But today, you're ready. And your next step is to see what else God has inside of you. And something is bubbling up in your spirit. And you realize that you're going to have to move. You're going to have to try. Even if you've messed up in the past, you're going to have to try again. And so if you're here today and you're ready for a new shift, would you raise your hand? You're ready to see what God wants to do in your life. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're ready to move forward to a new dimension of what God wants to do. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Stand on your feet with me if you would. Altar workers, would you come? Take your place around the front. Folks, it's time for a new day. It's time for our next step. To go where God wants us to go, the status quo is not going to work anymore. I believe today God is calling each one of us, God is calling this church to a paradigm shift. And the next step is to take a step. You can't stay where you are and move forward. You've got to move. You've got to move. You've got to move. The singers are going to make this an atmosphere of praise. If you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, I am telling you God has something special to you. And as they sing, I invite you to come. You don't have to wait for them to start singing. Come on right now. The thing is, if you want to receive what you have that you can have from God, you've got to move. You cannot sit there and have it come to you. You have to get out of the boat. So as we sing, come on, come on. No one cares. No one's going to say anything about who it is or anything about that. We are here for you to receive what God has for you to receive. What God has for you, he has for you, but you have to move. God, take us deeper. Take us deeper for what you have.